Mr. Stephen Allen's SomeNews.co.uk, the podcast. Hello and welcome to podcast number 13. I know, unlucky for some, mainly for the people who have to listen to it, I guess. Now, normally I'm not a superstitious person. Sometimes I touch wood, but only when I'm wearing my oak pants and really need the toilet. But we know that 13 is unlucky. But there are some superstitions I totally don't agree with. If a bird dumps some bird muck on you, it's meant to be lucky. No, it's not. Lucky for your dry cleaners, maybe. Because you never see people stood under trees below pigeons going, Come on, hit me with it. I've got a job interview later. I need some luck. But seeing as this is episode 13, there's no point tempting fate. So I just want to do a few things to lower the bad luck vibe. Uh, I'm just going just gonna to move these ladders so I'm not sat under them. And... Oh, no, I'm... I've broken that mirror. Oh, that's seven years of bad luck. Oh, I just, oh no, I've just killed that black cat as it was running in front. And oh, oh no, I've just just accidentally knocked some new shoes onto a table. Oh, all of these things are bad luck. Oh, they're really bad luck. Hang on, phone ringing. Hello? What's that? I didn't get a call back from the audition to be in The Only Way is Essex. Whew, close one. Lucky me. Anyway, in this edition, the London Marathon, more phone hacking, and Jamie's dream school gets examined. Let's crack on. Mr. Stephen Allen's Some News Podcast, the main news. It was the London Marathon, yes, the one time when you see people running in London and you don't think, oh, there's just been a mugging. Some people say this marathon has been a good practice for next year's Olympic Games, and they're right, because you know what it's like in the UK. When we have the Olympics over here, we'll probably manage to foul up the London Underground. It's good to know there's a route where people can run towards East London. Emmanuel Mutai ran the course in 2 hours, 4 minutes and 40 seconds, a course record. It's amazing. When I was watching the coverage, I saw him running on the roads of London through the bits with the white lines for the speed cameras, and I thought, whew, steady on, dude, you're going to get three points. A lot of runners this year crossed the finishing line and then straight away threw up. Not just one or two. I saw loads do it. It's like the, it's like the race was sponsored by Bad Prawn. What a bittersweet feeling for anyone who finishes the race after that. Oh, I finally finished the marathon. Oh, I'm studying sick. Why would you want to take up a sport that makes you look miserable, makes you look too thin, and then makes you throw up? It's like it should be called competitive eating disorder. This week in the food clinic, Dr. Christian takes on a long-distance runner and an overweight taxi driver. Now, one of you enjoys marathons. Oh, that'd be me. They're called Snickers now, but I'll even have the out-of-date ones. But the best part of any London marathon is the fancy dress section. If I had to run one, I'd dress up as a panda. A Fiat panda. Thank you very much. Someone dressed up as Kate Middleton. What a waste. If you're going to dress up as her and then run through London, give it a week, do it during the wedding. That'd be brilliant. Running away going, oh, I can't go through with it. I love Harry instead. Although if you are going to do that, I'd avoid any underpasses. We were contacted by someone who did a fancy dress run at this year's London Marathon. He joins us on the line now. So what was your time? Hello, Steve. Well, this year I did it in uh, one hour, 35 and 52 seconds. Well, that's, that's amazing. That's... It's quicker than the Kenyan guy who won the men's race. And you were in fancy dress. You are brilliant. Well, I, I try my best, Steve. I, I was doing it for charity, so uh, I was just thinking about all the people I could help. Wow, you, sh- you should get a medal. What did you, uh, what did you dress up as? Well, Steve, 
I was raising money for disabled access at my local pub, so I got dressed up in a wheelchair. You used a wheelchair? Well, mainly the downhill bits, really, but yeah. And you don't normally use a wheelchair in everyday life? No, of course I don't. Otherwise, it wouldn't really be fancy dress, would it, Steve? Think it through. What? That's not fair. Why not? Because a wheelchair moves faster. Listen, I saw a guy dressed as a gazelle, one of the fastest land animals. No one said he was cheating. Well, no, but... Well, I suppose, look, credit where it's due, One thirty-five is still a, an impressive time for the wheelchair race. Did you do a lot of training? No, I, I didn't train for it at all, Steve. Well, then how did you move the wheelchair so fast? Well, part of the fancy dress included two guide dogs. They did most of the hard work. The somenews.co.uk podcast. Phone hacking reared its ugly head again. Uh, this is where the news of the world hacked into the phones of celebrities and listened to their voicemail messages. Although I think the word hacking is being misused. In some cases, the celebs just hadn't changed their password from the factory settings. So the people that were hired by the newspaper just tried the standard ones and got in. That's not really hacking. It would make for a very dull movie. We need to get in. The system is asking for a password. I I got it. Try password. Okay. Ah, no good. Damn it, we're running out of time. Okay, okay, you know, try password one. Oh yeah, yeah, cool, did it. Sienna Miller was one of the victims. I don't know why they were trying to hear her voicemail. What were they hoping to hear? Hi, Sienna, it's your agent here. I got another crap film that's nowhere near as good as Layer Cake. Do you want to be in this one too? She was reportedly given an offer worth £100,000 by News Corp to settle the mobile phone hacking suit, but she turned it down. You're kidding, aren't you? For hundred grand, you could listen to my voicemail all you like. In fact, to get the ball rolling, here are some of my recent voicemail... Uh, News of the world, if you're listening, just send a check. I've got nothing to hide. You have four messages. First message. Hello, Mr. Allen. You have been selected to win an all-expenses-paid holiday to... Bogner. Just reply with your bank details before the... Message deleted. Next message. Hey, Steve. It's your agent here. I got a film roll for you. Opposite Sienna Miller. It's great. It's like layer cake, but just different. Call me. Message deleted. Next message. Hello, Mr. Allen. Our records show that you're due for a mobile upgrade. So, this is part of our campaign to call you every day until you regret even having a phone. Thanks. Speak to you tomorrow. Message deleted. Next message. Uh, hello, Mr. Allen. Dr. Watkins from the clinic calling. You need to pop in to get your results. And uh, if you travel here on public transport, probably best not to use the seats. End of messages. The somenews.co.uk podcast. A pregnant Lincoln woman was shocked when police threatened her unborn child with an ASBO. How would, how would that work? Well, the curfew part shouldn't be a problem. You've got to be back in the womb by nine. Charlotte Childs got a letter from the police inviting her to discuss her naughty son. The only trouble is, he hasn't even been born yet. I mean, how naughty can you be before you're born? What, graffiti on the uterus wall? Mixing vodka in cider? Before we move on from that joke, I'd just like to explain it. Uh, Inside her, inside... It's all there, it all works. Charlotte told the newspaper, the letter said that there's been an incident of antisocial behaviour and our child was identified. I would love to know how a 36-week-old fetus had managed to go to the park and cause trouble without me noticing. Wow, I guess you've got a really long placenta, love, to be honest. It's not going to be a birth, it's going to be more like a bungee jump. Father-to-be Damien said... There was a request to attend the equivalent of a parenting class with regards to antisocial behaviour of my unborn son. Sadly, 
It's not the first case of pre-birth crime we've seen. Tonight, we need your help in tracking down this criminal. Witnesses describe him as small, with very little hair, wrinkly face, and was making strange noises when he tried to speak. He's wanted in connection with a series of bombings in the Middle East. Don't know, sorry, that's just a picture of William Hague. Sorry. The SomeNews.co.uk podcast. After David Cameron said he wanted good immigration, not mass immigration, there's a lot of talk in the press about people who don't even bother to learn the language. Well, we found some on TV. The students of Jamie's Dream School. The kids on that TV show, their grasp of English ain't that proper like. Jamie Oliver made this school with celebrity teachers to try and help kids who didn't do well in their original schools. Makes you feel sorry for the kids who did work hard and do well at schools because... They don't get their own TV show. But never mind. The kids on this programme were delightful with their way with words. Oh, f***ing batter you in this classroom, you know. Do not f*** me off. You should leave the battering to Jamie Oliver. He's the proper chef. It was a breakthrough this week as we saw one of the students actually writing a letter. Dear Alistair, I'm sorry for my behaviour and attitude towards you in our last lesson. I would like to go to Downing Street. And I've realised it would be a great opportunity for me. Someone with a funny voice who wants to go to Downing Street. Are we sure this isn't Ed Miliband? Meanwhile, Dr David Starkey was impressed with a young blonde student called Danielle. She was playing with it like a juggler. I mean, I cannot tell you what a pleasure it is to watch a kid do that. That's one way to get on in life. She's not going to need GCSEs by the sounds of it. Because, you know, you you can do things. Mm -hmm. Wonderful things. Okay, even I'm getting creeped out now. Ugh. But it wasn't just about learning facts to pass exams. Some of these children were creative, as we found out in the poetry lessons. My poem's called My Poem. My poem is called Poetry. I don't have a title, I'm just going to read it. Oh, lovely. One of the best teachers there was Dr Robert Winston, who was teaching the kids about fertility. Oh my God, there's a sperm! There's a sperm! Oh no, sorry, actually, I think that's... As a clip from one of David Starkey's lessons. Starkey wasn't just bonding with the female students. This boy is a sort of genius. Very sweet-natured, as we both discovered on yeah. one memorable occasion. Yeah, uh, <laughs> it's, it's like public school all over again. Ugh. Uh, the crescendo of the series came when Alistair Campbell took the pupils to 10 Downing Street. Alistair's taken them to grill the Prime Minister. Grill him or rob him? Hmm. Alistair was understandably worried about discipline. you got to try to go 15 minutes without snogging anybody, OK? Yeah, and that was just David Starkey. As the meeting with the PM approached, the tension started to build. Of course I'd be on my best behaviour unless he does something that disrespects me, then I don't care you might be Prime Minister or whatever. I disrespect you back. He hates the PM and can barely speak. Seriously, is this not Ed Miliband? Some of the students made some great points about education to David Cameron. Because some people are very practical people, some people are very written and very good with words, do you know what I mean? Yeah, good point and, and well proved. But my favourite bit of the whole thing was when a young girl called Harlem, uh, she wasn't looking forward to meeting David Cameron. I'm going to have to talk to a man that I don't like and pass. That is very hard, you know? Well, keep failing your GCSEs and see what you have to do to men you don't like. The SomeNews.co.uk podcast. Embarrassment for the Czech Republic President Klaus when he was caught on video slipping a ceremonial pen into his pocket during an official visit to Chile. That's nothing. Our Prime Minister's been nicking everyone's benefits. But Klaus was uh, addressing a press conference there, spotted the pen, liked the look of it, and bang, in the pocket off you go. Where did he think he was? What, in Argos? 
In his defense, he said, it's what people do regularly. They keep notepads and pens from such events. He's right, they do, I suppose. And it makes you think, what's the best thing you've ever nicked? I asked the question on Twitter. Here are some of the answers. Lisa underscore Wallace. A wheelchair. It was a prop for a play. We didn't kick someone out of it and run off. Good. Leonard Lime said, I stole a mannequin once. Is this not the plot of a film? Natalie Grocott said, Half a giant porcelain dog's leg from a window in a lady's toilet in a pub during my classier years. Can't wait to see you on Antiques Roadshow with that. Two vids said, A knitting row counter when I was three. Kind of heist they'll make a film about one day. Site manager Gal uh, gave me a list of some of the things she's nicked, including a pencil sharpener disguised as a mallard when she was seven, some hubba bubba strawberry bubblegum, felt so guilty I buried it in the front garden, I've only just told my parents, and I was 12 at the time. The best one is she sent me a picture of something that she nicked from a rat and parrot in Woking. This podcast is going to be evidence in a court case. Son of Gav sent me a picture of a mirror that he nicked. That's actually a really good looking mirror. Alison Lloyd, when we were younger, we nicked car badges to be like the Beastie Boys. Wasn't the same effect having Skoda and Ford on chains. Jules Elaine, 66, I once nicked a man's heart, but I didn't realise at the time until now, being on my own. What? It's quite deep for this podcast. And Pruitt88 said, A mate of mine somehow nicked a cricket bat from school once. The thing is, he never played cricket out of school. Probably some sort of violent crime he was planning. The somenews.co.uk podcast. Your letters. Just time for one of your questions. This one comes from uh, Mademoiselle Ada, who said, uh, Steve, are you a stand-up comedian? Well, um, it's not the first time I've been asked that question. I get, I get asked that quite a lot. Mainly after gigs. This is awkward. The somenews.co.uk podcast. Check out somenews.co.uk for more stuff. Emails to podcast at somenews.co.uk and follow on Twitter at Mr. Steve N. Allen is the username there. Oh, and you can subscribe via iTunes. Till next time. Bye. The Some News Podcast. Get more at somenews.co.uk.